Hey, Tucker. Hey, Todd. This part's going to be pre-recorded, so act professional, okay? I'll do my best. This is the Tucker and Toddcast, a podcast in which we write adventure stories for our YouTube sketch show. I'm Tucker. And I'm Todd. Okay, now we can get on to the show. Hooray! <sighs> Confetti. Are you downloading an update somewhere? Uh, no. Well, you're coming in okay now, so why don't you just resume what you wonder? Resume what I wonder. I wonder if we should introduce a character called the subscribe. Uh, interesting. Tell me, tell me more about this subscribe, and please tell me he does stuff old-fashioned quill and parchment. Well, I think he definitely does. He's a uh, a pint and pageman to be sure. But uh, I, it occurred to me that it seems like it's important. I never want to become a YouTube channel that does the actual pleading for likes and subscribes, but I would like to work it in in a kind of clever way where every now and then we have a guy who shows up named the subscribe. At this point, Tucker sent Todd an image of a steampunk court stenographer on the Discord. Is your old-fashioned scribe? <laughs> that is a new-fashioned old-fashioned scribe. Court reporter? That's from Warhammer 40k. What does he do specifically? I'm going to assume he works for... He's probably a filing clerk for one of the massive bureaucratic institutions. So, And, and it's like, funny, in, like the far, in the far future, he's using like little pens and a crappy typewriter and actual paper. The uh, I'm not sure what to call it. In in writing, you would call it a trope. Is are there tropes in imagery? Absolutely. I just think it's so funny there that they've worked are. in the skull with a, they've worked in a skull with a candlelight on it. That is a servo skull. That is somebody's oh, skull that has. Those. You described those. Yeah, that is somebody's skull that has like a processor and stuff in it. So it's it's got like a really rudimentary artificial intelligence. It'll follow you follow you around. It's got a camera. It. Uh, can relay messages it's it's basically like a personal computer device and so he's got one hooked up do they all have candles or he has a candle because he's got that look just about everything has candles on it or like melted wax in the form of a purity seal with like raw parchment on it like they they go big in on the like old-fashioned gothic aesthetic mixed in with futuristic technology Okay, well, I'm going to kind of keep this because I do. This is not at all what I, I was imagining very traditional uh, scribe, but this is funny. This is an interesting spin on it. That guy is nailed, bolted, and riveted to the inside of my brain when I think about a scribe. So I had to drop that in there. Well, at the very least, I think that our scribe should be like an old, decrepit corpse kind of thing. Oh, a crypt keeper, even. <laughs> he moonlights. He is also washed up. Since his show got cancelled. <laughs> Just like us. The Crypt Keeper. And he, oh, man. We're, I guess because we're, we're of, am I cutting you. it in again? Yeah. That's so sad. Uh, uh, how close are you to your microphone? Just in case you're not close enough to it and it's and it's not picking up your sound well enough. Well, I'm, that, I don't think I was far away at, from it at that point. Is it? Hmm, I guess. You sound, you sound just fine now. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Crypt Keeper. He, that's he used to be anyway, but he's all like us. He's kind of washed up. He he had his show back in the day. Now he doesn't. The BoJack Horseman thing, and now he's like, uh, what's his name? Californication. Oh, the washed up actor in uh, in Californication. He's not necessarily a washed up writer. He still occasionally releases a book. 
Yeah, I guess so. But he doesn't think of himself as being on the level that he was when he was young and full of cum or whatever. I guess he was always full of cum. That was kind of the point of the show. Yeah, that really was kind of the point of the show, wasn't it? (laughs) All Uh, right. What I meant to say, though, was that I like the idea because the Crypt Keeper, I think they just recently did a reboot on HBO. Did they? Of like a Tales from the Crypt. So it would be kind of funny if the original Crypt Keeper is uh, he's pissed off because the new CGI Crypt Keeper stole his gig. (laughs) Oh, they took our job. Oh, is that what makes him sub? He got cocked by the other Crypt Keeper. Oh, man. Do we want to do we want to do that? Start start. Oh, only we're only allowed to bring in the cuck thing if we do it ironically. I don't. Yeah, I mean, that's always my or I guess we've 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 gone to sub meaning sub a couple times. So maybe he should actually be a different kind of sub. Is he from a submarine? He's he's the the manifest crypt keeper for a sub tour. I don't know. Either that or he works for a greater scribe. So he is the subscribe. Oh, that's perfect. So he just happens to have like a scribe boss who I guess would probably be Craig or Gearc. Oh, that makes sense, I which, guess. Which I guess would make Craig or Georg the prime scribe, and this guy is the subscribe. Have we already done the thing where the opposite of a prostitute is con- is a constitute? I think that's a old. We never came back around to it. I thought it, it was the opposite of progress was Congress. Progress and Congress. I don't know. Shall we move on to our story for today? Sure. I know exactly where to begin. But should we As in, should we announce the uh, premise? Like we we can announce it, or we can just jump right into it. Suggested. Uh, I guess I lagged again. I'm afraid. Oh, I do. So. I, <laughs> I do see so it going bad. down. I'm afraid. So I do see the MS popping way down. Just give me. Let me run to the house and see what's going on. One second. Okay. Okay. Sorry, my mom was downloading a huge stash of porn. Oh man! Every time, isn't it? <laughs> Literally cock blocked. <laughs> Okay. Digitally cock-blocked, although that's got, not, finger, you got, not fingers. You got cucked. There's, just speaking of fingers, there's a, uh, one of the books of a certain Bible is called the Song of Songs. Certain versions of the Bible has the Song of Songs. And it describes this ridiculous, like, love affair between a king and some other person. And he describes uh, inserting his fingers into her keyhole and out forth pours myrrh. So basically this very erotic scene. And so I took it to a teacher at school one time and said, did you know that there's a digital sex in the Bible? And she said, what's that? <laughs> digital stimulation. <laughs> yeah. In the age before digital watches. Yeah. Manual manipulation. Okay. Am I suffering anymore? No, you're coming in loud and clear. So uh, would you like to announce today's topic? I would like to do my best of interpreting what you had posted. And the best that I can come up with is that Tucker and Todd in the past, when we were young, clean shaven, young bucks or whatever, we had a an old fashioned sitcom in the 90s, was it? 70s, 80s, 90s, whenever that particular brand of sitcom was ubiquitous. The domestic yeah, sitcom. All through it. Slightly and before so, the age of Roseanne. Yeah. And so that's our past. And so I'm assuming Plato comes back to us as a time traveling thing. Not so current Tucker and Todd have no idea that he's doing it. And we don't actually know why he has his own uh, 
motivation to go back then? Yeah, we, in fact, not only have we never met this man before, but we know nothing of the supernatural. Yeah, so I'm assuming if we in the past know nothing of the supernatural, we from the future or present or whatever, the we from the after the point that we're going back to are not involved with this story at all? Nope, this is going to be a couple of, of uh, virgin dweeb versions. Does it sort of open in the past and then Plato shows up, or does it start in the future with Plato deciding he needs to go back? See, that was my next question, is because it might be a great way to kind of set the mood is to actually do the domestic uh sitcom scene the honey i'm home and everything is in everything is in sepia so that you feel like you're in something slightly different than what you're used to and then you realize oh this is them doing something like diegetically or diegetic is that the right word like pulling me into the scene yeah i figured i figured that would be a good way to start it now it can it can definitely smash cut out of that to Plato in the future needing to come back, but uh, I think it's important to quickly establish that this is not the talker and Todd that anybody else is familiar with. This is way back. Does it smash cut to the future, or does it pull out and Plato is watching that episode on TV? Oh, I like that so much better. I love I love the the TV zoom out scene changes. You know I do. Are, Pla- are Plato and Columbo friends? Does Plato does Columbo notice some sort of like problem with something? He's watching the monitors closely and he's like, hmm, I notice, you know, there's a, d- a divergence in the force or whatever. And so a disturbance in the force. Fuck, fuck, fuck. A disturbance. So he notices a disturbance, but he needs Plato to go take care of it. Or does Plato have his own motivations? As I kind of already said? I think Plato has his own motivations, but I definitely think Columbo is aware of him and is keeping an eye. Since Columbo is, uh, I think we've already decided that he's omnipresent throughout time, so he definitely notices when stuff is out of place. Right. Oh, maybe that that little reference then, a little nod at the end, can be when Plato comes back to the future uh, and has succeeded at whatever his goal was. Columbo kind of takes him aside and says, "I don't know what you're up to, but I know you're up to something. I notice you're like time hopping or whatever." Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would definitely be an opportunity for a confrontation. Because, I mean, we already know that eventually there's going to have to be some kind of disagreement with Columbo, also known apparently as Mom. Right. You're meddling with my boys. <laughs> and not just in the present, but in the past now, too. So, yeah, we've got our, we've got our domestic bliss, our Honey, I'm Home, complete with laugh track. It's got to have a shitty laugh track. And it can possibly have some of that, like, uh, like 80s... VHS like video grain, mm-hmm. some of that, just some of that look. But but uh, you wanted to do the hero's journey, right? I'm just trying it's... to think of little gags that we could insert at the beginning. There, we have the hi honey, I'm home sort of thing. Should we immediately have some sort of like after school moral dilemma that that is very serious that cuts to that like trailing off saxophone that goes to commercial? As the audience goes, oh, I hit the neighbor's dog. Oh, you uh, you have the joke already. <laughs> what was I can't remember what it was. I hit the... Oh, yeah. Well, that was uh, that one involved actually killing the neighbor. I don't remember exactly how that went, how it started, but it. Uh, oh, I saw him. He's dead. Some, somehow we <laughs> killed the neighbor. Oh, I just missed the neighbor or whatever. I just missed. The oh, yeah. You just missed him. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see CD? You just missed. 
But no, I did not. He, uh, hopefully that'll buff out. Uh, okay, yes, but the hero's journey. I don't remember the specific order of it, so I'm going to look it up now. I remember there is the rejection of the call. I remember there's the meeting with the goddess, and I remember that there's the atonement with the father, but I can't remember the other, like, nine steps or whatever. There's the call to adventure. Supernatural aid, threshold guardian, threshold beginning transformation, blah, 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 blah. Mentor helper, challenges and temptations helper, abyss, revelation, death and rebirth, transformation, atonement, return, gift of the goddess. I don't think I have the whole journey. Uh, Yeah, I guess there's different ones. Oh, you have the little, yeah. I like the rejection of the call a little bit better. Yeah, I guess. Why is this... Why should anybody immediately accept the call to action? Yeah, I feel like I don't know why it's not on here. I feel like rejection of the call is like one of the most important parts. Yeah, because like you have to reject it and then something has to happen where you reevaluate. And that's your that's your literal first step of the hero's journey is you decide, ah, fuck it, I'll do it. I'm just looking at a specific. Oh, yes. Here's Joseph Campbell's version of it. Call to adventure, refusal of the call, supernatural aid, crossing the first threshold, belly of the whale, road of trials, meeting with the goddess, woman is temptress, atonement with father, apotheosis, the ultimate boon, refusal of the return, magic flight, rescue from without, crossing of the return of the threshold, master of two worlds, and freedom to live. That's way more complicated. It's way more complicated. That's why I think we should, because we also talked about not actually doing the actual cycle, making it pear-shaped. So maybe we can pick out like three or four of our favorites. Well, yeah, because, I mean, this might be past Tucker and Todd, but they're still Tucker and Todd, so they're going to bungle it. So whatever's going on, it's going to probably, if it's going to be literally pear-shaped, that probably means it gets stuck at the uh, at the abyss and uh, like right at the bottom. Yeah, I guess I guess to visually represent it, you would have a short call to adventure, a short refusal to call, and then a big fat abyss. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we get like a little grain of supernatural aid, and then the abyss is just like, <laughs> well, that's going to be the end of our whatever this domestic bliss show is. I just know it. Oh, that's how we lose our show too. This is pre with this is predestination paradox. It's Plato's fault that we lose our show. Oh, is he trying to make us lose our show? Because if we had our show, something, some sort of prophecy wouldn't be fulfilled or something? No, I think it should be an accidental side effect, just like an unintended consequence. It costs us our show, and that's the abyss part. Ah, was he actually trying to improve the ratings of our show? He was trying to make us more famous or something, and then we lost our show? He was trying to give us an actually decent future instead of the shitty one we eke out at a studio? Yeah. Right. Yes, and it and it does the exact opposite because every time you play around with going back in time to fix stuff it's a monkey's paw wish which is one of my favorite tropes ever should there be a monkey's paw in here i mean it can be like a chekhov's gun kind of thing where there's that's those kind of things just like a monkey's paw just hanging around oh maybe that's one of the one the woman is temptress is a woman selling monkey's paws Ooh, that is tempting that monkey's paw it grants you a wish I think the the magic flight is probably is such a repeated trope that's going to have to end up being important. I feel like we end up doing magic flight in all of our stories anyways. Yeah, but this time it could be the magic carpet ride and somebody has to sing I Can Show You the World. It only flies when you sing the song. <laughs> I forget the lines and down we go. <laughs> I only know shining, shimmering, splendid and then it's over. That was us falling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured. 
I just had to make sure because I'm not very good at sound effects. It takes practice. Okay, so we are on this. I'm going to write a couple notes. The important process. Yes, uh, I assume our call to adventure is Plato. Oh, that was, I guess, one thing. I wasn't sure if, because that is the literal call to adventure is Plato showing up. But I wasn't sure if, because we're doing sort of an educational episode, Plato shows up to younger past Tucker and Todd. Oh, and he wants to teach them about... You guys, your show is really tanking in the ratings. What we need to do is I need to teach you about proper story writing structure. I'm going to teach you about the monomyth. And he's going to take us through the steps. And then he ends up fucking up the steps. And then we ruin it. Or we we don't learn the lesson, I guess. Well, yeah, we probably just... Well, we do what we do. He tries to teach us the steps and we kind of bungle through it. And then the whole thing ends up pear-shaped. We either don't go far enough or we take it too far through overcompensating. So he shows up and he's so he says, I need every story has to start with the call to adventure. And we say, no, no, no. We've said been saying since episode one of this season, we're not doing any more adventures. And he says, ah, perfect. Which brings me to my second point. The rejection of the call. And so then we have to try to double down and try to refuse the refusal. The funny part is how meta it is for us to say that we're not going to do that anymore, even though this, this these are our past selves. Oh, right, because these are our past selves. They have they already have a job, they say. Yeah. We have a contract. Oh, are we kind of fresh and green in the in the entertainment industry? So we don't want to. Are we kind of straight straight men in this, actually? Yeah, we are. And we're definitely green. We don't want to make waves or screw around with what we think is a good thing. Yeah. OK, I like that. No, we have a contract. Yeah, we have a good thing going here. Does Unto the Breach have something to do with whales? I'm just trying to figure out if we can tie in the belly of the whale with breach of contract. <laughs> if you think this is bad. You should you should remember that time we were and then it's it's a smash cut to being inside of a whale with Pinocchio. <laughs> oh, we were there. We we were extras in the live action film. We were just we were playing dead bodies inside the whale. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we were just some extras. That was our first acting gig. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I like that. That's how everybody starts out as an extra. Oh, is that how we say it? we worked our way out? Is is it a tie into the we can't breach the contract? We've worked our way up from nothing. Remember when we were? I don't know the order of things. Yeah, I like that. That's we worked our way up from nothing. I mean, you should have seen us this time last year. We were we were dead in the belly of a whale. Oh, and then Plato's like, no, no, no. Oh, fuck. We already crossed the threshold. <laughs> Has to go check his notes. No, I think we've skipped ahead. You guys have completely skipped supernatural aid. Right why would I want? Why would I want supernatural aids? Oh boy! Oh, wait, what time did? When did the AIDS epidemic become a really big thing? I guess we should make that joke. Late eighties, early nineties. Okay. <laughs> Perfect there's, timing. <laughs> there's enough. There's enough regular aids out there. We don't need supernatural oh, I aids. Like that. Yeah, I was gonna try to figure out supernatural aids. Uh, do I? You, I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around normal aids. <laughs> Oh, that's that's awful. AIDS is terrible. But that is kind of funny. The prospect of supernatural AIDS. I also I also think it's an appropriate time. I don't know necessarily appropriate time, but it's a good. It's as good a time as any to start bringing AIDS jokes back when it's not just plainly tastelessly saying the word AIDS to elicit a laugh. 
Oh, you mean like everyone has AIDS? AIDS, yeah. AIDS, AIDS. <laughs> Wait, isn't that South Park? Nope, that was Team America World oh, Police. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the musical at the beginning. Everyone has AIDS. Everybody and, uh, has AIDS. Yeah, I remember now, yeah. Yep, so uh, uh, I don't want to do that for sure, but I also I don't mind doing a supernatural AIDS. No, thanks. We've got enough of the regular kind. It's a big problem, and nobody's taking it seriously enough. And then we just kind of sweep it out of the way. <laughs> that was a most tasteful approach to handling that, sir. I'm just going to talk over Todd, ignoring your good point here. Sure, yeah. But if uh, if we make a sideways comment about how but it, nobody's taking it seriously enough, then we're absolved. So is the belly of the so that was a that was a flashback? Does yeah, the flash... Pinocchio. Pinocchio is in there. His dad's in there. We're just a couple of dead bodies just like laying around. It's got to definitely be us, but we've got like seaweed on our heads and we've got excess for eyes. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out how to deal with it in the the order of the story. So if he says, well, you've skipped over because I'm not sure if it when did we say belly of the whale? Well, he tried he tries to give us the call to adventure. And right. We refuse on the grounds that we have a contract and we've got a good thing going here. And we're not going to put it in jeopardy because we worked hard to get here this time last year. We were in the belly of a whale. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've 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 caught up with the the whole the plot, and so my question is: Is that simply a flashback? And 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 Plato screams, "No, no, no!" And he clears the air. He waves his arms, and that clears the the thought cloud or whatever that was flashing back. And we're I back. I I was actually thinking that he could pull on a projector screen and make it slide up. Oh, perfect. Well, that that is a visual <laughs> no. that's going to have to come into it. Uh, that's he just undoes that on us. Yeah, that is that's going in. That gets used at some point. Is does it get used now and we're back in the room where he was doing it? Or does he look around? He's with us in the flashback in the belly of the whale and he says, Well, you've skipped past two really important parts, but since we're we've crossed the threshold, we may as well make this a learning point. And he tries to because we're talk we're learning how to tell a story. So he says, Well, now we're in the belly of the whale. We may as well start telling the story of like working through the initiation or do we flash back to the room we're in i mean i assume we flash back to the room we're in, but that doesn't mean plato can't take us somewhere or start lecturing us but uh i definitely want to do the projector screen tug yeah that's too perfect i feel like that is a magic school bus thing if not a looney tunes thing that's my favorite way to do it where you can't tell if it's something or looney tunes <laughs> they set a high bar well, because I guess I'm not really sure if we were in the belly of the whale, I'm not sure how we would move to a road or to a goddess. Uh, are we supporting cast or are we main cast on our show? Because if we need a goddess, then maybe it should be she's the archetypal Roseanne of the show back when it was OK to be Roseanne. Were there many archetypal Roseannes? I'm trying to think of similar shows like you're talking about like a matriarch. A proper matriarch. The lady is the lead. The entire show is about her. That would make us the neighbors. Ugh. That would be interesting if it wasn't that. I guess that actually makes more sense if we're still in the the early parts of our career. Then again, I'm not sure if if in the future we're washed up because we did have success on the sitcom or if early at whatever this point is, the career we're still trying to like you said, we're green, right? We're new. So we're not on top of the world. No, but this show is our first 
bit of respectable, steady work on screen, and we regard it as a launching pad. It's a gateway to bigger and better things. It's a it's a long way from being a corpse in a whale to being supporting recurring cast. That's true. So we still, even if we're not on the top of the world, we regard it as a, a big, pretty big break. It's probably got a lot of the same energy as the last episode did, where we thought that we were on top of the world because we got connected up with Abaddon Prime. Oh, we're just looking for any little nibble. Yeah, but this this is our first decent bite. We've okay, got a, so a real job. I'm trying to imagine how that would work. Then I do like the idea of having if we're supporting supporting cast on this matriarchs interesting so if we meet with her it's an actual and meeting with could, the goddess it's a, like a production could, meeting yeah she could easily fill in the goddess role and i'm all for uh putting women in charge of things and typically the goddess in this in the monomyth is is i guess for lack of a better word a misogynist goddess like in in a television role would be like the Kelly Kapowski, like the hot girl that everybody has a crush on. So I kind of like if we're going to turn the goddess into just a woman with a lot of power. Yeah, I think uh, it should be mother goddess style where she's actually a matriarch of a brood. She's got a bunch of annoying kids. So but it's she's, her show. She's super formidable as a, a matriarchal presence. So is it maybe is it just Roseanne then? Is it Roseanne? Were we on Roseanne? I, I don't. I don't want to do Roseanne. Okay. She scares me, <laughs> but it can be Roseanne like for sure. In fact, it should be Fran Drescher. Oh, but she's not the nanny this time. This time she's just like a queen of an entire household. Well, I'm OK with that. I got the voice. <laughs> OK. Oh, is she? Is I she love Fran by... Drescher. Didn't we have a character who had? Oh, the Jersey cow. Is she played by Jersey cow? Hell yeah. Why not? I mean. We reuse characters, but uh, I'm not sure how that will fit neatly into the continuity, but we're about to break the space-time continuum anyway, so I guess I don't care. I can't remember if he'd ever actually made a character out of the Jersey Cow or just mentioned that Miranda's like, I have a cousin. No, we made a character out of her in a way because she's in the script I'm still writing. That's oh, okay. the, uh, the noir detective script. Right. She's missing this jersey cow i can't i couldn't remember all the cows i mean i'm not sure we should put a cow in charge of this matriarchal household now that i think about it do we want to say that this lady's a cow no because then people might actually think it is roseanne Ooh. or or that we're or that we're trying to suggest it is Ooh. whatever roseanne you didn't behave should it be an actual goddess plato somebody plato knows <laughs> That would be even more interesting, actually. It's just probably Athena would be the least awful choice. Athena, the least awful and probably the most recognizable by name other than what? Hera? Is Persephone a goddess? Aphrodite would probably be the most recognizable, but I also don't think that Greece's favorite mega bimbo should be in charge of anything. I agree. Athena is a lady made to lead. Yeah, let's do that then. Well, then she and Plato are going to recognize each other. And actually, yeah, he's the one who who is like extremely refer- uh, re- reverent. I was about to say referential. Deferential. 
deferential and reverent both of those things uh referential yeah what what, <laughs> yeah. Our, what we do is be referential we we make a bunch of references the whole time yeah apparently oh, mostly could... to roseanne that could yeah, that could be a joke here where Plato says we need to be uh, reverent and we start making references. <laughs> we just don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I I like I like that because uh, I'm pretty sure I could communicate entirely through a series of references. Oh, isn't so that, we could definitely do that. Isn't there there's a robot who can't speak and then so it you oh that's fucking Bumblebee. It's got to be in other things, though, right? Well, yeah, it's that uh, basically just communic- any any communication through myths and metaphors and any of that. It, that's just references and memes. Right. I mean, they did an episode of that on Star Trek where they they were able to translate the words, but none of the meaning because all of the meaning was based on contextual references to myths and legends. I like that. So communication was impossible, even though they were able to speak in the same dialect of words, because without any understanding of the context behind the myths and legends that the other guy was referencing, there was no way to communicate meaning. That actually sounds familiar. Was that there? Everybody was running around in this like grassy utopia with like togas. Nope. It was mostly just Jean-Luc and the alien captain. Because they, the alien captain decided that they were going to go down and just kind of trial by fire, sink or swim. So it was the two of them, and if they didn't figure out how to communicate with each other, they were likely to die. Okay. So if you raise the stakes enough, people usually pull through, I guess. That was the idea. So yeah, uh, an entire culture that just basically talks in memes. So if you don't understand the memes, you don't understand what they're saying. That, that was them. That's definitely a trope now. And it's definitely something we can switch our characters to doing for at least 10 seconds before Plato shuts us up. Right. Because this is a goddess. Yeah. She's just going to give him one strange like eyebrow rise because she doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. And Plato will shut us up. I mean, you so told n- us to give her references. <laughs> so now that we know that Athena is the the matriarchal star of this show, it's her uh, vehicle, I guess. Is it about like the patron goddess of Athens? Is it about being a Greek god or is she just a Greek god in a domestic environment? She is not quite the goddess she once was because, you know, ancient Greece stopped uh, worshipping her once upon a time. She's not the goddess she was in antiquity. She needs worship. That's why she's created this show. She's trying to get a new kind of worship going, celebrity. Oh, that's kind of interesting. She's a washed up goddess. Yeah, <laughs> but she's try. She's being real proactive about it. She's trying to become a new kind of goddess, celebrity. Yeah, because celebrity worship is a real, a real thing, and that's what she's trying to get. That is actually actually very interesting. The idea of she maybe uh, looks down, uh-huh, looks down on all the other gods on Mount Olympus because they are still like trying to get their old shine back. But she's like, no, I recognize humans can't take their attention off these televisions. This is the new Mount Olympus. She is enterprising. She is innovative. She is changing with the times. She's left Olympus behind. Those has beens will never reach the heights like she will. Does her show cut away to her doing stand up on a brick wall like Seinfeld? Would she? Is that? Would I she? I don't know. Would she get worshipped that way? Because I think that's mostly her objective. 
I don't think that's a good way to get worship, unless it's foot worship. Uh, no, the best way to get foot worship is to uh, star in Pulp Fiction. Oh, I guess so. Is that is she's trying to get Tarantino's eye? No, it's not the 90s. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's, let's not do that. I don't want to talk about Tarantino either. Ah, oh, what a guy. Okay, so we're having this meeting with her. Is it is it a production meeting for the show? Either that or Plato is calling in a favor to get us to talk with her in her trailer or something. And is it still the thing? Is is he trying to get us to speak up for ourselves and ask for better parts or something? Yeah, either he's our advocate or he's still just trying to teach us more about how to make a better story. I imagine we're actually, we're probably acting as well as having a part somewhere in the writing staff if he's teaching us how to write a story. Oh, this could actually be, I guess, a bit of a like a training montage kind of thing. She is the the god. Not only is she the goddess, she's like the uh, the guru that we're being brought to to learn. She she has been successful with her ability to create good stories. Look, she has her own show. You could learn a thing or two from her. Yeah. Did did she have a hand in creating the show then? Yes. Uh, maybe she's not a regular writer, but she helped create the premise for the entire show. Yeah, she wrote the pilot or something. It's based on her life or something. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's uh, it's her brainchild. And so we've been brought before her by Plato. I'm going to assume that Athena's going to tell him that that was his last favor. I'm trying to figure out a, a play on the temptress. Is the woman as temptress? She's just a temp rather than being tempting? Either, either that or Athena comes by to try to hang on. She's a hanger on. She can't make her own thing, but she realizes that it sucks on Olympus, so she tries to just like hang around with Athena and soak up some of that fame. Who did that? I missed it. Oh, it could be Athena. She'd make a temptress. Let me do just a little bit of a read on what they think is the meeting with is the goddess different from the woman? I think so. Uh, the stage of the hero's journey in which the hero is tempted by a bad mother figure. A goddess who attempts to either harm the hero, spurn his advances, hamper him in his quest, or tempt him into desire. Oh, could we do it as a little joke where it's like Plato says, okay, now we get to the next stage. Woman is temptress. And we're like rubbing our hands together like, oh, that sounds great. And we come and we stand outside and a bunch of uh, uh, like fire engines go by. And we're like, wow. And he says, that was it. And we're like, what? And he goes, sirens. And we just head back inside. <laughs> I like that. Plato builds us up with an expectation that we then don't get because lectures should not be rewarded. And in our universe, they don't get rewarded. Not even when they drive ice cream vans, Bill Cosby. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was about to ask if any ice cream van drivers are ever truly rewarded, but I guess depending on your motivations, that is the reward. Having a van full of ice cream? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be pretty great. Uh, kids would never get to see any of it, though. Okay, so Sirens was just a really quick joke. Is Plato... No, well, because that was Plato's win, I guess. I was going to say, is he starting to lose faith? Because he's like, well, we're skipping through all of these. Well, he's he skipped us through that one pretty quickly, but Plato knows best in that regard. Right. Now, Atonement with the Father, I do think, is one of the more compelling uh, actual points of a of a story construction. But at the same time, I don't think we have a father figure. We have Columbo, but I don't actually know if he comes into our life until later. And he's already our mother figure in disguise. Right. 
So, if anything, Plato's our father figure now. Or do we have any? Do we have a priest? A priest? Yeah, a padre. I don't think we do have a priest. Maybe in a cult. I don't. I don't. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey shows up. <laughs> ah, this guy. Yeah, I guess Columbo is our fatheriest character. Hmm. I'm, maybe this. I'm trying to. Maybe we skip this in some way. I don't know. The father thing. Maybe we just have to say that we don't have one. I was gonna. Maybe we meet Plato's father. Oh, but it turns out we just meet up with Socrates, and he just like tells Plato that he's mortal. That's interesting. Like he, Socrates just says one of his pithy Socrates things. And he's like, all right, I can't stand this anymore. We're leaving. Come on, boys. That's interesting. Because I was going to say, that would be interesting if Plato says, okay, now I know you boys don't have a father, so I'm going to demonstrate. <laughs> That's actually kind of intensive. That's funny. But if he's, I'm going to demonstrate with my own or something like that, that, would he have something to atone with Socrates for? Probably not. I don't know anything about their relationship. Me neither. I mean, either that or we could always talk uh, talk with Athena and her dad. Uh, that's not going to go over well. Or is it or is it the Judeo-Christian God? We go to talk with father. Oh, the father. Yeah, Yahweh. We're going to go talk with Jehovah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we'll make it past his secretary. I think he's a little busy with all of the, you know, c cosmic clockwork keeping in check. Is that what we do? We go to line up and we have to take a number and we're number seven billion or whatever. And so we're like, oh, well, I guess we're skipping this step. The skip is, yeah, you know, words. What's the what's the human population at that time? Because whatever it is, our number is actually bigger than the entire human population to account for human population growth over the three centuries that it'll take us to get in. It was about four point eight three yeah, it'll take us it'll take us at least a hundred years to get in, so it'll be like now serving something and we're like fourteen billion. Oh, I get it, yeah. We'll be like there aren't even that many people on the planet and somebody'll just say it's it's projected that they know how many people there will be when you're at the front of the line. Is because it a skeleton that tells us that? Why not? It in fact it's gonna be a mirror of that scene from Beetlejuice. It, that's exactly what I was thinking of, yeah. It is. Yeah, it is funny if we're like, what? That doesn't even make any sense. There's only I guess we can't pull out smartphones, but we do some sort of calculation. There's only like four billion people on the planet. Skeleton turns. It's projected. By the time you get to the front of the line, that's how many people will have been. That That's how many people will be on Earth, etc. Whatever. That's how many people will be ahead of you before you get there. Even then, that's how far behind in line we are. And so our eyes bug out and we pull out our little pocket version of the monomyth wheel and we go, we're halfway through the wheel and I don't feel like we've learned anything. Do we just like pick a section on the wheel at random and go do that instead? I guess that could work because there's a refusal of the return. Is there any reason that we would refuse to return? Oh, maybe we refuse to return our copy of Caddyshack. Oh, no, the refuse to return is our contract gets terminated. We're not, we don't refuse to return. We are refused return. Oh. <laughs> because we went and begged for a, a, a raise or whatever? Or a promotion? Well, because we went off on an adventure when we were supposed to oh, be. Oh, right. <laughs> we're fired. Oh, do we get a, uh, do we get a little, we, we get beeped on our pagers? So we go to a, 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 
a payphone and call into the studio while we're still in line for God. And they're like, you've been gone from the studio. The, the, the little voice is shouting. The, the handset shakes as, we're, as it screams or whatever. Yeah, and uh, it even has a tongue when it goes. <clears throat> right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has teeth while it's yelling, and then it has a tongue while it blows a raspberry. I, I really like this phone now. <laughs> yeah, it, well, you can take it home with you. We're not going home anytime soon because we're in line with God. Oh, that's interesting. Are we actually stuck in line? Oh, we refuse. We're refused return, but we also actually can't leave the line. Once you join it, you have to stay. Oh, well, then we're going to be there forever. Plato's well, going to have to come and rescue us. Well, not even Plato. Plato's stuck with us in line. We need rescue from without. Oh, yeah, that is a, that is a drop on our circle bucket. Yeah. So we skip. I mean, the rescue from without is kind of going to coin a got a bit of an accent is kind of going to be is going to lead to our magic flight, I guess. Well, in that case, it's Athena. Oh, she heard that we got fired. Well, she would know she probably fired us. Well, then why would she come and save us? Well, because I mean, we're already fired. Why should we have insult to injury? Because we'll be like, why did you fire us? And she'll be like, contract is a contract because she's she's harsh but fair but she rescues us anyways because we're going to be here for the next 100 years oh is there a line in the contract that says if you happen to be terminated if your contract happens to be terminated while you're in like a uh, a divine dimension or whatever then they provide return service or something a shuttle will be provided <laughs> yeah while you're within some realm of divinity a shuttle a shuttle will be provided yeah yeah some manner of return service to get back oh. the mortal plane. Does Yahweh live, or Jehovah, or whatever the, the the that God? Does he live in the Elysian fields? I don't. I don't know. Should should he? Well, I guess Athena Athena would know about that location more if it was something from Greek lore. I don't know. I, it would be guess sort of interesting to imply that all gods kind of live in the same area, or all gods come from the same area and happen to brush shoulders with each other. Of course, or, they're all they're all kind of little upstarts in comparison to a true supreme being, but they probably know their way in and out. Maybe they're all in kind of like a similar realm or or maybe they outsource all of their human or customer service to one spot. I don't know. Well, it's probably easy enough to say that uh, the big G just created them all. So they're all from there. I guess so. You get a pantheon, and you get a pantheon. He's like Oprah. <laughs> yeah, maybe God is Oprah. I think that's been done, actually. I, that does sound like the kind of thing that's been done. Oprah is God. Mm, no cursory search results. But that feels like I feel like on like Chappelle's show, Oprah was God or something. Well, uh, briefly, Oprah was his wife. Well, I do remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah, he I quit and he kicks the garbage can. Yeah, it's funny how yeah. some things are so like burned into your memory. Yep, he had a little tantrum. He's like, I quit and just shits on everything. He's like, My baby mama is rich. Steadman your ass is mine, bitch. Okay. Well, whatever whatever the realm is, Athena had a line in the in the contract which said that if if the contract is terminated while we're there, then shuttle service is provided. And oddly enough, it's provided by her. Is she on the magic carpet again? Did we oh, ever no. go on the magic carpet in the first place for real? Oh, I can't remember. Okay, well, she's on the magic carpet now. 
And oh, if she if she wasn't before, then we, or if she was before, or we were before, we have the line like, "Oh no, we gotta sing again." Now I really want to go on the magic carpet, so maybe Plato has to take us on it to get to Athena's trailer because it probably is on some. It's on like a, a theater lot version of Mount Olympus. Oh, okay. Because she's still kind of nostalgic. All right, so that. We escape on the magic carpet, which is a magic flight. I feel like that's why we called it the magic flight. Yes. That's, yeah. That's why I went with the magic carpet. Okay. That's how we get out. Who knows how? We go to a whole new world again. It's actually a, a, the old world. The whole yeah, old world. Yeah, it's, it's the same old world. <laughs> same old world. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> actually, that is funny. If you're like, oh, no, do we have to sing again? And it it cuts to us singing extremely pan, like totally deadpan. Oh, the same old world. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and it I guess it probably doesn't power the carpet very well, so it's a bit jittery. Oh, the carpet is like uh, backfiring, coughing, and sputtering. Yeah. <laughs> Spitting out black smoke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't have a tailpipe, but it happens anyway. But well, because you know how the the carpet would kind of bend into different shapes. It does. It has two little concave humps at the back where the exhaust is pouring out. Oh, I like that. Okay, so that's how we cross the threshold again, uh, which leaves us with two steps, both of which are kind of the same. We become a master of two worlds. I don't see us becoming masters of two worlds. No, at the very most, we are masturbators of two worlds. And even that is a bit generous because oh, we really we really nope. didn't have the time. I've got it. I've got it figured out. So Two Worlds is that Tarzan song by Phil Collins. And if we had the master tape of it, that would be the master of two worlds. So we're listening to master. We're listening to the master of two worlds by Phil Collins at some point by the end. Or it's a MacGuffin of some type. Oh, uh, did we have to go to did so reverse? Okay, take your master. breath. Take your breath. Yeah, trying to like retrofit or reverse engineer some of the story was at some point the reason that we went on this whole thing was to get the master of two worlds. To to what end though? Well, if the Tucker, if Tucker and Todd had possession of the master of two worlds, then then we would have a Phil Collins song on our own soundtrack, and we would have been as successful as Disney's Tarzan. That is the kind of weird, inexplicable logic that I've come to expect from Tucker and Todd. But the but the objective of all of this has been to take us on the hero's journey. You're right. So I'm I'm not sure unless we just happen to have it somehow. Or maybe it's just a throwaway joke and and Plato hates that song and he just wants to destroy the master of two worlds. <laughs> Hang on, boys, we have a stop to make. An exterior shot of us flying away from a mansion with like security sounds. There's dogs barking and air sirens and spotlights going and we fly away from Phil Collins estate. Mel Gibson is chasing us in a van. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a good scene. I've got it. We finally got it. The master of two worlds. What? Never mind. And then he just like takes a lighter under it and destroys it. Tosses it flaming out the window. He rolls down an air window on the ma the carpet. Yeah. I don't see why not. If we're going to have this thing doing all kinds of... I mean, if it's got if it's got tailpipes, it can have windows. He just mimes rolling down a window and then tosses it and then rolls it back up. After he... I, I want to play around with that. Because after he does it back up, I want, I want to throw something and have it bounce off the air back at me. Oh, because you're skeptical? You're like, that's stupid. And then you try to do it and it just falls in your face? 
Yeah, because it turns out that if you pantomime it on the magic carpet, it works. It's magic. Yeah, and I was like, because the, these are skeptical, Tucker and Todd. We're like, that, that, that's goofy. What'd you do that for? There was nothing there but air. Oh, yeah? Toss that pop can out. Fine. Doink. Right in the face. <laughs> I don't know. The first thing that I popped to was I try to make fun of you by doing the uh, the tongue, the tongue in the cheek, the blow, the blow job miming with the tongue in the cheek. And I try to mock you, but then I gag. Ew, that's very funny. I think it's a bit too much. It doesn't really fit, though. It doesn't. But there's there's room for low hanging fruit. That's still funny in the whole. If you pantomime it, it becomes real in here. Joke. I would like to bring it back. Maybe someday we go back to the land where the magic carpet came from and anything that you do in that place, anything that you pantomime becomes real. Well, obviously that's going to be imagination land. Oh yeah. That is imagination land. I guess we can, (laughs) we could invade imagination land. We absolutely can. And there's, there's lots of opportunity for future plots involving imagination land. Well, technically so far we have made it all the way through our wheel and I think we ended up making it through more of it than I intended to, but we did also change enough of them. Was it being pear-shaped an important part of the story of this plot, or was that just kind of like a throwaway joke? This was supposed that, to be yeah, a wheel. That was, was kind of just a throwaway joke, especially because it was more figurative, because the idea is that we uh, we more or less make a, a complete mess out of anything that we get involved in. Okay, so I guess we would have to get to a point where we're kind of back at the studio, maybe, and we're talking to Plato like, okay, so we did all of that, and what exactly were you trying to teach us? How to make a better story in the job we no longer have. Thanks, Plato. Because, of course, we don't even have the studio. We're now just like Oh, yeah. We have nothing now. They took away our trailer. Was the the trailer the only place that we had to live? We go back to try to get on the trailer. We're locked out. Oh, man. My crackers were in there. Yep, that was all we had. All of, all of our stuff was in there. So thanks to Plato, we're destitute. Does he have to try to make it up to us then? I think naturally, yes. That would be that would be the correct way to continue this. Is he has to make it up to us somehow? Because I can't. I'm I'm trying to th- I'm trying to go back through. Unless you can think of a proper way to end it there. The other option would be to be go back through that journey and try to pad in some of the the steps or just figure out where we go from here to kind of actually finish the story. Oh, do we get it in our heads that if we do the hero's journey in reverse, we get our job back? Oh, that'd be funny if we got that in our heads and it'd be fun. Would it be even funnier if it actually worked? Yes. Yes, it would. And, and I think Plato should take the credit for it. Could there be a nod here to Ferris Bueller where they try to drive the Ferrari backward to roll back the miles? Yeah, absolutely. Cause, uh, Thanks to losing our job. Now we too have a day off. Yeah, we have a little uh, mental breakdown in a pool and then, I don't know, walk around. Was it a Detroit jersey or was it a Chicago jersey? Oh, who remembers? It was a Detroit jersey. I don't know if it's important. Okay, I do like the idea of going through it backwards. Me too, because it's an opportunity to get our job back and also to, you know, make better jokes out of some of these things by doing them in reverse. Yeah. And I was trying to think, would we go to the exact same places in order to repeat the step or would we try to go like, okay, we did it wrong last time. Let's take this a little bit more seriously this time. That one is 
like kind of a half and half because there are benefits to being like it didn't work last time so why would we go to the same places with the same people but uh the more new places we go the more complicated the entire thing gets and the more set pieces there are oh do we do it as a bit hmm could this also be a little bit of a groundhog day thing or did we do something similar to that too recently did we do a proper groundhog day i can't remember but it would be interesting if we just kept trying to do different versions of this cycle over and over and again until we got all the steps right oh we had uh, we had made a joke about doing the groundhog day that was in the premises that was in a different premise because the it was supposed to be a really really kind of small joke about how eventually in the groundhog day the one who's like cognizant of the uh the repetition is suddenly able to like state quite matter of factly exactly what's going to happen what people are going to say what they're going to do but we decided it would be funny if like he was contextually correct but like the details were off so he just like said everything slightly wrong enough to sound like a total asshole yeah it just sounds like you're improvising any random collection of words (laughs) yeah like at most it's technically correct but it's just not accurate right because the the idea here would be that because we're not trapped there as much as plato has control i guess plato doesn't have control over time he just is the one guiding us through time yeah and uh i don't know is is he actually going to be guiding us through time or are we actually going to be taking some of these steps in reverse to just convince athena to give us our job back Oh, right. Yeah, this isn't literally reversing in time. This is just doing the steps over again in reverse order. Yeah, we're not we're not playing around with time. We're just going to we're going to roll the dice and try our luck with doing this backwards and see if we get better results. Because okay, because let's face it, Tucker and Todd are a couple of special needs kids. And sometimes doing things by the usual dynamic does not work. That would be interesting. If it's it's sort of in reverse, but it's oh, is it do we try to do it in reverse or do we get to a point where we're actually going through the cycle? We got to the end. And so Plato is kind of like deflated and like, oh, well, I don't know what I thought I expected I would achieve from all that. I really thought that I was going to help you guys get a, a head start on your career, whatever he says. And then we go, well, we could do it again. We can try it again. Come on, Plato. And he refuses the call. <laughs> So we're gonna take we're gonna take Plato on the hero's journey. That's right. funnier. He's refusing the call. Yeah, that's it. That's it, Plato. You're refusing the call. That's that's good. That's good. Now we can go forward. Does he immediately perk up? Like, oh, I am refusing the call, or is he he's he refuses a little bit more? Actually, he probably would perk up because he's hey, that's right, you remembered. Because we're not looking at the chart. We've just oh, we're kind cool. of we're doing it by memory goosebump moment yeah so it's it's like we've actually learned something we've absorbed a small grain of what he was trying to teach us and now we've repeated it back to him and he gets that proud daddy moment which means somewhere on his list it also checks off the whole you know thing with the father right he he gets his proud daddy moment of us so if he has a little checklist it just kind of checks itself off the atonement with the father so does this become a montage where we're now actually going to go through all of them? We become supernatural aides, which is we work for the president, but we have capes and tights. I don't think that if we wind up working for the White House, we're going to want this job back. 
Oh, yeah, you're right, I guess, though. So. <laughs> Why would we punch down if we wind up working in the government? Yeah, that's a different kind of hell. What was the proper word? That's a different kind of abyss. Yeah, it is a kind of abyss, and there's definitely room in the montage for us working like a really, I don't know, like working as fry cooks where I have to stand on a stool so that I can do the french fries. Do we cure supernatural AIDS? <laughs> <laughs> no, if anything, we probably just make that joke again. And under something like, well, I don't know if it wasn't funny the first time, maybe it is the second time. Or maybe it is just the same scene, but it's we 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 recreate the scene. So we act it out again, repeating the exact words in a monotone. Oh, yeah. Self self-aware, just kind of just like reading through it just quick as you can. Yeah, the exact same words. Supernatural aid. I think that we've got the regular ones are enough or whatever. I can't remember what the line was anymore. Yeah. Ha, 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 we, we ha, have ha. we have enough aids. Ha, 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 ha. We laugh mechanically. Okay, that was yeah. done. We check it off. Yeah, either that or we get to make some joke about a second wave. Let's hope there aren't variants. The camera zooms and sits on our faces. Ooh, we wouldn't want a second wave. All right, so so moving on. We're like blah blah blah. Bye bye. Soup. Bye bye bye. Supernatural aids. Oh, when we do it this time, because we're now. As we're getting excited and we're, we're maybe we're doing like quick cuts. It's not exactly a montage, but we're doing quick cuts from uh, step to step. We announce the step and maybe text for the step shows up on the screen. And so we're, as we're going through the steps, we're getting more and more excited. Refusal of the call. Supernatural aid. Crossing the threshold. We jump over a threshold. Belly of the whale. We're back in the belly. Yeah, yeah. Because once again, we're working our way back from from playing dead bodies. Only no. this time Plato's with us. Plan oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So, so he's a third dead body. <laughs> and then we go on the road of trials. And maybe while we're on the road of trials, we are having a conversation about how we're going to do the meeting with the goddess this time. What, uh, what kind of conversation is it? Are we trying to hype each other up to be like, you know, high energy, assertive, go back in there. We'll get our job back. We'll show her. We'll we'll show her we can do it. We'll yeah, make, it, we'll make it, her proud, mommy. <laughs> proud, mommy. Yes, proud, mommy keeps keeps on turning. Uh, but I was gonna say that this is our opportunity. Yeah, it would start as a okay. We need to make a game plan. We're gonna go in there, and then yeah, it's just a little hype up speech. So we're getting ourselves amped up. We'll be like, we can do this. Well, I can't even remember. I don't think it went. Did it go poorly last time? Our I meeting don't think we really Athena, said the meeting with Athena probably went fine. I mean, it was pretty pretty plain. We were just she was just going to talk to us with Plato, mostly to uh, well, Plato's goal was to get her to notice us more. That's why we right. had the meeting because she's the key to elevating our career on this show and beyond. And she can't do that and won't do that if she doesn't know who we are. And so this time is our intention to get her to notice us in a more effective way or to just like it like take it in a slightly different direction i don't know just purely butter her up or bring her attention to something else i don't know obviously we're gonna have to give her the one thing she wants most worship oh she wants okay good idea she is a goddess that is sustained by the reverence adoration and worship of humans so that's what we'll have to give her do we give her a little, uh, like, uh, what are they called? Like those foam core boards? Like we have, uh, what, I can't even remember, like cue cards on a 
not an easel, but like a stand. You know what I'm saying? Like no, I, I I don't know if I do flip cards. What you would use to do like a presentation stand where it has the large yeah cue cards. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So we have a little like not PowerPoint, but an old because it's an older fashioned presentation. Oh, maybe it is because it's the 80s. We do it on the uh, the overhead projector with the 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 translucents or whatever those were called. Yep, I remember those. I remember using a lot of those. We're doing a little presentation about how we're going to acquire her more worship or how we intend to worship her. Maybe I don't know. We've got we've got a couple of bullshit like pie charts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some crafts and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> worship. And then just like us and just somehow trying to tie us into it and make it look scientific. Right. Worship us. And it's a it's all. Why is that one all purple? Well, that's all worship. I, I do. I do like purple. That's your favorite color. The pie is all one color. OK. And so that actually goes well then because it was all about worship. I think that was actually quite great. And so we get our job back. Mm, I don't think would we get it right back then? Because the reason that we lost it was because we left. Yes, we uh, we violated a term of our contract. So we've impressed her. I suppose that's only step one of getting our job back. Now, what do we have to do? Well, because the reason that we left was to go atone with the father. So if we don't leave to atone with the father. But remember that we we checked that off when we managed to remember some of Plato's lesson. So he immediately took our father figure role and became proud daddy, which checked off the atonement with the father. Okay. which means probably immediately afterward, those those fire trucks have to drive right back by to be sirens again before we go and have our meeting with the goddess again. Oh, right. We run outside. Sirens, we all announce it at the same time. Then we run back inside. Okay. Okay. Now I'm back on it. Now I'm back on it. We do our we do our proud daddy moment. Then we got to do the sirens. And then we march right back to the goddess. And we manage to impress her with our, our pie charts and our graphs with our overhead projector. We just... It's it's like, uh, it's like that scene from A Clockwork Orange. We basically strap her down and make her watch. <laughs> and and then yeah. and then we proceed from there to the road of trials. She's going to give us a chance to earn our job back. That's the road of trials and the belly of the whale. We have to go back to working that crappy job in order to get our nice one at the show again. Okay. So we're going to actually take them in reverse clockwork. Yeah, uh, counterclock. No, actual clock clockwise because they're already counterclockwise. So we're going to be going clockwise. So there's the sirens meeting with the goddess. Road of Trials. Belly of the Whale is frankly part of the Road of Trials, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the Belly of the Whale is one of the trials. Yeah. In fact, if anything, it's the very first of our trials on this Road of Trials as we earn our job back. And then right. somewhere we have to cross that threshold. And then we get to do the Supernatural AIDS joke. Oh, so we are going in reverse order fully? Oh, yeah. We're we're backing it right up until we can get to equilibrium stability, which is our job. Oh, because I thought it would be interesting if once we had atoned with the father and received the jobs back, then our apotheosis would be us getting promoted up to like from recurring role to uh, like main cast, which is the ultimate boon also, uh, which we maybe turn down as our refusal to return. I don't know. Oh, no, I like that better. Yeah. So we, we I mean, earn our job back. We that's that's where we cross the threshold again. So crossing the threshold, we get our job back. That's apotheosis. 
So then we skip from that point and go counterclockwise again to Apotheosis. The ultimate boon is our job. The refusal to return is either we refuse our promotion or uh, we get another opportunity and we refuse that in order to accept our promotion. But the other oh, opportunity the... is to get in on podcasts from the ground floor before they ever become cool. Right. I guess, yeah, the refusal of the return, if you're following the story, is the return to the whatever they call it, equilibrium eventually. But this is the refusal of the return to something less than what we were aiming for. We take the job and we ret- we refuse to return to being janitors or whatever bit parts. Yeah, yeah, we refuse. Uh, we refuse a, a small time role in a film that goes on to be massively successful, and the person who wound up in that role goes on to become a massive celebrity. Or we go to the airport to book a magic flight, and we refuse the return ticket. So we leave and violate our contract a second time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that would be a good way to never learn anything. Yes, it, it would, especially because we, we, we get our hands on this chart and we start doing these things literally. We no longer have Plato as a guide. We're just taking these as they come on our own. That would be that would be very funny and a very Tucker and Todd thing to be like, Plato said this is the key to everything. If we just follow this, everything will be fine. This is a cheat sheet. Everything is not fine. No. But at least it makes a good story. And that's how it ends. That we say, but at least it made a good story. So we we uh, we lose our job again. And thus our future state is once again assured. Plato gives up at trying to assist us in improving our future selves before we are our future selves. Oh, does that all zoom out and dreamy to the future where Tucker or Todd is holding a, a dusty copy of the monomyth wheel going, do you remember that time we lost our jobs at whatever? So, so yeah, it, uh, it, it dream fades out and there we are. One of us is like going through old boxes or something for some reason, looking for something. Hey, did you ever find that thing? No, but I found this. Do you remember this, this, this old monomyth wheel? And then, and then it should probably dream fade out from that again, because there's Plato watching us on that TV again, only he's watching present us. And kind of being vaguely disappointed. Uh, right before it does that, you're holding in one hand the the wheel saying, remember when we found this? And then you toss it back in the box and go, oh, found what I was looking for. And it's the master of two worlds. Oh, I like that. That's funny. And, that, and then it cuts to Plato. And then, yeah, and then it cuts to Plato, who is watching us in his study, in his time capsule, whatever, wherever he is. And there's a knock at his door. It's Columbo. I thought it was Phil Collins, but okay, it's Columbo. Well, we already agreed that Phil that uh, Columbo was going to pay him a visit. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this is. Right. Okay. So Columbo, Columbo's and so coming. Columbo just says, "I feel like Columbo would have to say something fairly simple and uh, what's the word cryptic? Like I know what you're up to, or I saw all of that." I like the "I know what you're up to." I think I know what you're up to. One of those. Would he actually know? I don't know if I want him to actually know. I think. That Columbo thinks that he knows. Whether he knows, knows for sure, may be left vague. But Columbo has an idea because he still thinks he's a detective. And then does, I forgot words for a second. Does Plato pull, pull some uh, like philosophical, what what is it to know shit on him? Uh, yeah, yeah. The Basically what a philosopher will do when you they don't like you and they just want to confuse you on purpose. 
So they start pulling some really irritating metaphysics stuff, or in this case, epistemology stuff. What is it to know? Blah, 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 blah. Just starts giving them some philosophical jargon until Columbo's got question marks for eyes. <laughs> then he's just going to like kind of shake his head, wave his hand, and be like, enough, enough, enough. And then, he, and then he just turns around and he starts leaving. And then he's like, and one more thing. Stay away from my boys. Ooh. Ominous. It is ominous. I wondered if it cuts again to Plato's eyes and does even more ominous, like uh, an eye squint as Columbo leaves. Oh, well, if we're going to do an eye squint, then they should both eye squint. And it should be like in a shitty anime where the entire screen squints. And then all oh, yeah. you see is a strip that has their eyes in it looking at each other with like lines of light going back and forth between them as they stare. And then Columbo closes the door. It could actually go back and forth in that, that strip as they try to one up, up each other with slightly tighter eye squints. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's got a, we're going to play that theme from the end of the good, bad and the ugly as they're, they're all like eyeballing oh, yeah. each other, but it's just these two. And then, and then you can do that, that, uh, that awkward child. They squint their eyes until one of those eyes is closed, and then the other one leaves while their eyes is closed. <laughs> I, I just, for some reason, I want that child in that shot for for just like one moment of the, all the squinting. That would be funny. Okay, I'm doing that. <laughs> uh, I love her. I hope she's okay. I, I know she's okay because she showed up in a Where Are They Now meme video thing from last year. Oh, well, then that's awesome. I'm glad she's okay. Yeah. Because she's she's very funny in that picture. That's a weird sort of fame. Like people like Bad Luck Brian, like early meme faces who have names. Oh, yeah. But it's it's still better than uh, being the Kappa guy now. Not the Kappa guy. PogChamp guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that Twitch stuff. It's all confusing to me. But I got to remember PogChamp guy. I never knew who he was. Nobody knew who he was until he put on the mask. <laughs> so yeah, we've got our we've got our squinty eyes, the the vague threatening looks back and forth that uh, continues to intensify until their eyes are just closed and and uh, Columbo walks into the door jam on his way out because he his eyes are closed, he can't see. Oh, and then maybe do we? So he has that little confrontation. Is that the very last scene? I was wondering if maybe there should be a scene where we show up finally to Plato with the 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 hero's journey and say we did our best to follow your directions, Plato. But I don't think this works the way it's supposed to. We can't write a story for shit. So when do when do we get to talk to him about that though? Like when do we see him? I don't do know. We, do we know where he, where he lives? Do we just visit him? Yeah, I see. I don't know about that. Or. Do we kind of just monologue to ourselves in that way as we toss it back in the box? Eh, I don't know what Plato was on about with that thing. It never worked out. Oh, maybe that's actually a good idea because maybe this actually, maybe the, the hero's journey wheel becomes a bit of a MacGuffin for our season. I know it's a little bit midway-ish or one third of the way, I guess, but... Um, if if we don't see the power of the monomyth because we we didn't actually learn the proper lesson, it seems kind of like we did. We did get our jobs back and correct it properly, but it has untapped power that 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 is capable of a lot more in the right hands. And maybe we we throw it into a box of stuff and it becomes it's sort of like a, a, a um, 
Smeagol and the ring kind of thing. Somebody else finds it later accidentally and, and, and comes to wield immense power. Oh, we have a yard sale and that it goes out with that box of stuff Ooh, and it yeah. gets sold. And so somebody else creeps along and collects the hero's journey wheel. And also, we definitely didn't do it because we lost our jobs in the end anyway. Yeah. Because we're idiots. So, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. So do so is the last scene of this little bit. I were just never land on a word. This bit is that the yard sale seven months later or something like that. Oh, is it? It'll it'll actually have to be cut back to present time when we it'll be present time when we do the yard sale, finally getting some of this stuff out of here. And it is definitely straight woman who's making us tidy up the place and get rid of some of this junk. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because without her, we would be truly lost. So uh, out our junk goes, but it's in present day. So it's just, you know, in in calligraphy on the screen, black, white text on a black background, present day. And there we are packing stuff up. We we find the master of two worlds. Of course, we decide to keep that. Yeah, we're not selling that. And so and then we take out the box that happens to have the hero's journey in it after we take it out, look at it and monologue about it. Then uh, frickin' actual Smeagol comes by and purchases it. <laughs> because rather than have the hero's journey mutate a person into a Smeagol, it's just it's just already a Smeagol. Yeah. Either that or the mutation is almost immediate. <laughs> just picking up the box causes them to become cursed and hunchbacked. He walks up as, like, fat hobbit Smeagol, and the moment he picks up the monomyth, he turns into a golem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, It's probably funnier if he's already kind of weird. Oh, is it is it Gollum in street clothes? Yeah, he's got <laughs> he's and it's it's the, uh, oh, no, I guess it's present day. But since J- era doesn't matter at all to us, he's got a like a, a topless visor on his head. You know, those when people yeah. wore those a lot. Yeah. So his bald head is sticking up through a visor. He's walking upright. This is a very funny image to me. Yeah, <laughs> he's walking kind of like Shaggy from uh, Scooby-Doo <laughs> yeah. with long sweeps of his uh, lanky arms. Yeah, he picks up the box and fishes out the uh, hero's journey and he just like strokes it. He, he doesn't we, he's not going to say precious, but he's going to stroke it in that same way and then kind of like crab walk off the screen. Oh, yeah, because he would he would stroke it. He strokes the circle on the page. He strokes the wheel in in the circular motion. Absolutely. He does he jam it on his finger? I I don't I don't think so. I because I I don't think I ever once saw Golem actually put the ring on. He oh, just, yeah, I guess that's true. He just likes to hold it and pet it. Just right at the very end. Yeah, and that's it. Mostly falling onto his finger accidentally. But I I like that. He I like been the... happier to catch it. True. I like the disappearing over the horizon, continuing to stroke it. Yep. He just kind of creeps off and uh, he's stroking that ring. It sounded unnecessarily sexual. And are we are we just kind of like sad? We're like, hey, that was two bucks. Are he, we suggesting he didn't pay for it? Yeah, he didn't pay. He just ran off with it. Oh, well, then we'll be really mad. Now it's a real MacGuffin. We're going to have to go get it back. <laughs> you, either you give us two bucks or we're taking the box back. He gives us all of the box except for the the hero's journey, and then now it's a MacGuffin. We have to get it back. Okay, but yeah. only because we want it to be because paid he for didn't it. pay for it. We want that two bucks. 
yeah we we have no uh concept of the actual uh power of of the MacGuffin. we just want our two dollars yep either two bucks or give it back mr you like that we team up with the fargo cops to go on a cross-country chase oh yeah absolutely all the way to mordor (laughs) uh cops in mordor i'd like that a lot Elrond hubbard is there I mean, obviously he's going to be there. Isildur! <laughs> you have to destroy it! That's interesting. Well, now I'm kind of excited. I'm putting this in premise <laughs> idea. Oh, we're going to ruin the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything we're going to... If there's any way to truly ruin the hero's journey even further, it will be by ruining the Lord of the Rings. Okay, so... Gollum carries it off into the into the sunset. Hey, that that was two bucks. Oh man, that guy just ripped us off. And then it'll dim, and I guess that'll be it. Except just as it starts going dark, somebody has to say, "We're getting our two bucks." You know, (laughs) a cliffhanger line. When you said somebody has to say, the first thing that popped into my head was we giggle. We say (laughs) AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that seems like a terrible idea. It's a terrible but it's idea, funny. But... It's funny, but we gotta. Yeah, we have <laughs> for for a second that monomyth. I saw. I thought I said mommy myth, which is uh, a Freudian slip for Todd to make. Of course, it is. Every time, any chance there is, I feel like that is the closest thing to a uh, a recurring joke or a uh, a catchphrase that Todd has. Is he's constantly making Freudian slips with anything that sounds like mommy. McGollum. I like that. Okay, so he slips off in the sunset, and one of us has to say some kind of cliffhanger line. And that, that, this still, this isn't a two parter. That doesn't make this a two parter. This is, that's just the next episode. No, I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, okay, phew. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do like, oh, and we'll get that two bucks. Yeah, we'll get that two bucks. Although we maybe don't have to do that one next week. We can skip a week and then pick it up then. Maybe next week we're a little too busy to go get our two bucks. We might even make reference to it like, well, that seems important, but we probably don't have to follow up on that unless we hear anything. Nice. So we wait for a, uh, some kind of story beat to get dropped on us. Yeah. And somebody else makes and a reference. To it. Remember when you guys said you were going to wait for a story beat? Oh, we're going to come across something that we really want to cost two bucks. Oh, yeah. We need our I two mean, bucks that back. seems obvious. We need to go get our two bucks. There's no other way to make $2. We need that $2. That that is like how children think. (laughs) That's how these children think. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. We need our two bucks. That's the only two bucks we know for sure that we have coming to us. I understand that feeling, though. Yeah. It's so hard to play video games in a like to play in worlds in which you can sell junk and then go back into the real world where it's like, God, I wish I could just like sell this bookcase and sell these books and sell these tools. And then now I can go buy lunch. Well, yeah, you can't just take it to to Bellathor's general shop. Just dump it. Where did you get 800 wheels of cheese? (laughs) From the console commands. Why didn't you just give yourself some gold? Because it feels more like cheating. <laughs> okay, well, I believe that is an entire story. That's that's a wrap. Everybody. That is a wrap. A Peter wrap. That is that is a people for the ethical treatment of animals wrap. Oh, I work for PETA and I'm here to say it's the Peter wrap. Don't kill the whales, okay? <laughs> yeah.
Club those seals in an ethical way. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> well, all right then. I, uh, I Did suppose... you get everything out of that that you wanted Plato to visit the past for? Yeah, that and more. I like. I well, did, now I didn't expect to drop seeds to grow into a new story later. We planted a fair amount of seeds. We actually know what our uh, at least one of the shows that we worked on in the past is now. We can go back to that later. Yeah, now we know what our domestic show was. We weren't the main cast. We were obviously just recurring characters. And we know Athena. We are the neighbors that get hit. Oh yeah, I think we had another thing with a neighbor with a fence. I don't know sitcom stuff oh yeah there was one where uh because the neighbor's face is all, always hidden by the fence oh yeah uh, but, i was putting effort into that, dodging but yeah the the neighbor actually just has a fence in front of their face all the time so when they leave to go back into their own home they still have a fence in front of their face in fact their whole family does i think we decided that they oh, were yeah. all actually spiders and the way they keep themselves disguised is by always hiding behind a fence Right, yeah, how ridiculous. Yes, well, we wanted to take the always hidden behind a fence trope and take it all the way to its logical extreme. But that's a ramble for another time. I think it is. I think this this cast is complete. This is a complete cast. It has been a complete cast. Every week, a new order of these words. Every week. But But it starts like this. Okay, one day, I think by like season seven, we'll uh, we'll have an outro that's kind of well practiced. Probably. You've been Todd. And you've been Tucker. You've been an audience. And this has been a cast. Thank you, everybody, especially you, Craig. Have a good night, Craig. And everybody else have a good night, too. Yeah, I guess so, if you want. Yeah, I mean, it's your night, whatever. Imagine there's a program hosted by two individuals claiming to be professionals, and they sign off by saying it's your night, whatever. Whatever. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Tucker and Todd Show. If you want to reach out to the show, our email address is tuckertodpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at tuckertodshow. If you enjoyed the program, likes and thumbs and hearts and positive reviews go a long way to helping us keep making it. Tell your friends and be kind to one another. I'm Craig. Good night.